0: Welcome to the Be Their Dad Show. Becoming a father is one of the most rewarding yet challenging times life has to offer. One man has made it his mission to help fellow dads lead long, active lives with their kids. Here he is, your host, Miles Lundy. A
1: bearded, cross fitting, plant based eating dad. My guest today is an unassuming plant-based eating stud. In my conversation with Nate Feathers, we cover everything from the current state of plant-based eating to Anthony Robbins to starting a Christmas light hanging business. Uh, Yeah, I didn't stutter. That's really something we talk about. But probably the biggest takeaway was how we can be two completely different dads depending on our stress levels. So listen up to my chat with Nate. Let's do this. All right, Nate, uh, welcome to the uh, podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you, man. Of course. I'm um, really excited to have you on and hear your perspective on a number of things. Um, you obviously, we've been uh, in a couple of groups together, and then you've had a lot of really interesting perspectives, um, especially as a dad and um, someone who is passionate about their health. Um, I know you've become a vegan or become you – know, you've been a vegan for a while now. I'm really interested to hear about that. Um, the first thing I'd like to start off with, though, is what is your favorite uh, – song or band from the from the 90s so i want to hear like oh if you had to pick one i know it's hard if you had to pick one thing one song (laughs) what what would it be that's i would say
0: um first thing that came to mind was even flow by pearl jam oh yes epic yeah that's good stuff yeah but you're right it's difficult to pick because you know there's a You know, I could go, I could go, you know, 90s hip hop there too. It's, that's, that's rough.
1: (laughs) There's so many different avenues, right? There's so many different, you know, like (laughs) based on your mood or based on, you know, time of day or anything. What does that song remind you of? When you think about Uh, it, what is it? Oh, you know what it
0: does? It reminds me of uh, when I was, my brother and I used to have like a 45 minute drive to school and my brother um he's three years older than me and so we would we would drive and just jam out to all sorts of rock and roll on the way on the way to school and on the way home so it's really just like driving driving to high school and hanging out with my brother is really the major and then the solo in that thing was so badass just so good
1: (laughs) it's funny isn't it because uh you listen to songs now like solos are it's gone like all that stuff yeah, you know, unless you really listen to very specific type of music now, um, it's definitely not mainstream. Like, there's no, there's no, there's no solos anymore going on. There's none of that. It's, it's absolutely true. My, uh, my oldest son. Hang on, a sec. Sorry. My
0: oldest son is uh, 14, and he got. Uh, let's see. We got him a. We got him a guitar for his. I think it was his 12th birthday. The kid is ridiculous. Like he's amazing, and uh, all he wants to do is solo, though, which is hilarious because like he's bringing back. You know, he's like hey dad you know who led zeppelin is you know who uh, acdc is i'm like yeah i know who they are like you know it's it's hilarious and he's all about so actually his band they they have two guitarists and uh and no
1: singer so all they do is solo <laughs> it's pretty funny that is uh that's amazing though if he's uh that young i mean i i started playing the guitar when i was uh yeah maybe 14 15 I'm, I'm yeah. very, very average, at it, I, I, but I enjoyed the hell out of it because, you know, it was the time that you learn, like, I got the Metallica Black Album tablature book, oh, and, like, yeah. I, I just, my fingers <laughs> were bleeding playing that, you know, because the first, for the first, you know, instrument I had for because I didn't have a lot of money, I just had this, like, crappy um, acoustic, so I'm trying to play yeah. Metallica Black Album uh, with, you know, trying to solo <laughs> uh, Enter Sandman with uh, a <laughs> crappy acoustic, and it was like, no, that's just not. You know, I was uh, neither, I was neither talented enough nor had the uh, nor had the instrument proper the proper instruments to uh, to play it either. But it was so it was a hell of a time. Yeah. Like I'll never forget. You know, when you're that age, you're that young. It's like you can just absorb yourself into something because you know it's not like you you know we are now. We've got a lot of responsibilities and things sure, going on. Yeah. So then it was yeah. like get home from school, put everything down, and immediately play. And then during my summer, it was like wake up in the morning, play, play, play my fingers right. rocked i can't play anymore and then the moment <laughs> that you could you'd play again yeah exactly yeah that's totally
0: him i mean it's hilarious you say that because i've looked at him and be like look dude i get it that that's all you have to do but like or that's all you think you have to do but <laughs> literally you you need to eat and you do actually have to do like work around the house that i've told you you need to do like otherwise he'd be on the guitar all the time but it pays off and you know you said like you had to like get the tabs Mm-hmm. like that i totally like resonate with that i was like i played bass and um it was like four of us guys were like we're gonna be in a band you know that kind of thing And that's what you do and they're like i'll play bass that kind of thing well i was telling him about the tabs and he's like what do you mean like you can't just watch it on youtube i'm like no dude there was no tutorial i had to listen to that you know these guys are like oh you down down tune it to this and you do that like we literally had to like listen to the radio and try to figure it out you know
1: Yep. And then I got the, uh, you either get that or you get the uh, magazine, the car, or whatever, whatever magazine. And then you'd be just stuck with whatever was in there and hope that that would be something you wanted to play. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That's so funny. Kids these days, they got no idea how good they got it, right? Right. They got so easy. (laughs) (laughs) Back in my day. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, okay, well, let's jump into things. Um, so yeah, as I said before, I'm really fascinated with your story and your journey of becoming a father, um, how you progressed through um, any kind of career moves that you've done through that. And definitely want sure. to talk about your passion and health and including your decision to go vegan. Um, sure. Just want to start about your, uh, you know, jump into things with talking about your journey into fatherhood. Yeah. Was it, what What was that like for you? Was it, uh, you know, it was an easy kind of smooth transition into things. Was everything planned? I, I, you, I know you're, uh, you're about my age, um, but you've got a 14 yeah. year old son. So I'm um, obviously had kids a little bit earlier than, than myself. I've just got a, my seven year old's my oldest. So sure. I'm interested yeah. to hear kind of your journey in, uh, into that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I actually, uh, I got married right out of like,
0: actually I was still in college. I got married, uh, between my junior and senior year of college and, um, We graduated. That's when I lived in Costa Rica, actually. We we moved to Costa Rica right after college. Found out about 40 days into the year-long trip that we were pregnant. And I was like, this is going to be interesting. So my oldest was actually born overseas. He was born in Costa Rica. Um, And that, uh, I would say that the transition was interesting because I was really, really laid back and having a kid like feels like I'm like a a lot of times I'm like I'm not any fun anymore you know like I'm like there's just too much I'm thinking about or whatever it is so yeah I would say that I would say that uh that transition was a little weird although I will say this for the first like from that moment of finding out I was gonna be a dad I was like I gotta get my shit together you know like I gotta know what I'm doing so like I was waking up early trying to like get stuff done and just kind of be like ready for that. And then he was born and that shit all went the window. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, that kind of stuff. So, um, so came back to the States, ended up having another kid. Sorry. It's like really chilly out here. I I didn't realize, um, had another kid. Uh, we had our daughter at, uh, I think two and a half. Zeke was two and a half. We had Amelia and, um, she, Let's see. She, she has like brain, uh, she has a, what we call a dandy walker cysts. She's got a cyst in her brain, which basically just adds extra fluid, um, on, process it fast enough. And so she, uh, so we had lots of like surgeries and stuff like that. And I feel like that really actually matured me a lot, uh, just because, you know, you're, you're scared for your kid and you don't know what's going to happen. We found out in utero and then, you know, to look at her, like if you see pictures of her on Facebook or whatever, like you'd never even know, like, and she actually, she asked the other day, can, can I play football? I'm like, well, not football so much since, you know, we got brain issues, but you know, I can try other sports like swimming. Swimming's good. Let's try swimming, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, that marriage, unfortunately, like unraveled after a couple years. And so I have, I, I got remarried uh, just about three years ago and we have two more from with, uh, with my wife, Megan, um, Finley and Wyatt, you see probably tons of pictures of them on Facebook. Cause I spend a lot of time at home with my job. I'm able to be at home. So, uh, so I'm kind of like the, like work at home dad kind of thing, which is awesome. And I'm finding that I actually sat down with my older two and I said, listen, there's about 10 years difference between, between them. And I said, I'm a completely different man than I was then. And I'm in a completely different station of life, like the kind of money that I make. Like, I know that like, like maybe you don't have that conversation with the kids. I don't know. But I'm, I try to be as honest as I can. You know, I'm like, I wasn't making much money when you were kids. I was stressed out of my face. I think I was working like three jobs to keep things afloat. And uh, I don't have to do that now. I said, so you're going to see a lot less stressed father. I'm going to be completely different. And uh, so I'm like, listen, it's not because I love them more. or What you might remember, anything like that, it's always going to be just cause I'm different. I'm not the man, I'm not the same man I was 10 years ago, you know,
1: which my, my daughter's like, yes you are. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's interesting. So it's, funny. it's uh, yeah, there's, I guess a, you know, kind of two, not two versions of yourself, but two parts of your life that are being a father that it's not just all oh, one, one, crazy few years of having a few kids and then, you know, then you can go back to normal. It's very much for you. Like you had one kind of crazy period. You said, working three jobs, Um and then right now and one version of yourself as a dad there. What was that like when you were uh kind of the first first? Yeah, well, sure. Yeah, I look at it as
0: like I look at like I was really young. Uh, Zeke was born when I was twenty four, and uh, Amelia was born when I was twenty seven. So, I mean, twenty seven is not young, but twenty four is pretty young. I wasn't that you know I wasn't that old at that point. But you know, when I look at that, I go, I was. I, I look at. I think. I don't how to say this. I, I, I did a video at one point where I said, uh, you should make as much money as possible. And I almost feel like it's, well, what was the word I used? I almost feel like it's like, Oh, it's almost, it's wrong to not make as much money as you possibly can. And, uh, I get, I didn't get backlash from it, but it was one of those things where my, my feeling is when you have the money you need for the life you want and the life you're living, there's that stress is not there, you know? And I didn't have that then. So I was young dumb and really had the stress of what am I going to do? I remember, I remember I would be driving to work wondering about how I'm going to pay bills and stuff. And, uh, and I would have this vision of my kids like begging on the side of the street and I would just freak out. I'd be like, I can't have it, you know? (laughs) So, uh, and now, I mean, I could, like, I could pay my own salary like three times over from back then, you know, maybe even more than that now to where I don't worry like that. And so, plus I've I've spent a lot of like work on my on myself, personal growth, stuff like that, to where it's not just a financial thing; it's a mental thing, and it's a you know it's, it's an all like I look at it and go like I've literally like unzipped and stepped out of who that was, and and stepped into who I'm becoming. So yeah, maybe that was financial stress, and it was really stressful then. And I mean, you're gonna feel that here and there, no matter what. But uh, but as a result, I've I've grown a ton to where there's just a lot more peace in me that, that they didn't experience when they were real little.
1: Yeah, no, that's amazing. Uh, that's, yeah, very interesting. Um, so what what did you find, like, finding balance, I guess, for yourself? You know, you're talking about the, you know, the jobs you had to do, and sure. um, I guess now you've got a different, you know, so you, you probably have two different stories almost to tell based on, you know, yeah. your period of time. But, um, you know, one of the big challenges I find, we find, obviously, is a lot of dads is that you've got that pre-kids life um and, sure. you know, it's all you know you work but then outside of that it's whatever time you want to do and spend with your partner but the rest of that's just like you know you want to play xbox for 12 hours go for it you know whereas right uh you I mean, once you have kids it's like oh shit that uh, that kind of goes <laughs> that kind of goes out the window um at that point oh, okay. what what did you feel like you know if you can uh you know remember or whatever about what sure. that was like after you know what what was different about that, uh, how you found time for yourself or did you, um, and and what what that part was like?
0: Yeah, I think actually when, uh, with the, with like, I guess first part of my life, I would say that that was more of like, I didn't find time for myself. And, uh, I looked at it as like, I'm supposed to sacrifice. I'm supposed to give, I'm supposed to do that. And so as a result, I didn't realize I wasn't paying attention to the fact that you can't give if you're, if like, if your bucket's empty, it's not like you're pouring anything out, you know? Um, and so I would literally, uh, I would, I would have, I would, I was tired all the time, all the time. And I probably like, that's probably why life unraveled the way it did, because I, I was wound so tight that I didn't know, I didn't know what to do with myself. There was no time for me. And then I felt bad for taking it, you know? And I think that's an unfortunate thing that a lot of people deal with is that they feel bad for taking their own time to have their own stuff. I mean, I watch that with my, with my wife now, I'm like, you know, you know, when you're in the airplane, they say, put your mask on if you need it, you know, and then help somebody else. Cause if you're passed out, you're worthless. You know what I mean? Like that's really the way that goes. And so it's the same thing. Like you've got to fill yourself up. And I honestly did not do that at all. Um, for a long while, honestly. Yeah. Uh, it's only been probably the last, uh, two years maybe that I've actually started to go, I need to like focus on, on me. My, now my thing is this, like some guys, I actually used to use a group of guys that I worked with. You could look in the group and, and see, okay, well, that guy, he, he's the worker. So his family suffers because he's going to work. And that's, what's the most important. And this guy, well, he's the, he's the guy, his family's not going to suffer. So we see where his part of the work does not do so well because he's just going to give to the family more. And that's just the way it is. And then, um, and then one guy actually had it kind of nice. He had his family with him while he did the work, which was awesome. And that's the way I think. That's why I like it. Um, and then me, I was like, I'm not going to let the work sacrifice because my name's attached to it. So it's better, it better be good. And then I can't let my family suffer. So if anything suffers, in my opinion, sleep was going to suffer. You know, I, I would suffer. And so um, you can only sustain that for so long, you know. So inside of the last two years, man, I literally, uh, 4am is my friend, you know, four. um, I actually, the other day I've, I've looked at my wife so many times and be like, maybe, you know, uh, Eric Thomas, have you heard of him? Yes. ET. Yeah. ET. Exactly. He's like, you gotta get up at three o'clock in the morning. And I, like, I get up around four, four 30 generally. And I told my wife, I'm thinking I'm gonna have to get up at three. Cause I just added something that I wanted to start to do. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what are you doing? You know, like three o'clock comes way friggin' early, you know? (laughs) So, uh, I haven't pulled that one yet, but it's like, well, I I can see where I can fill my time pretty fast for myself from that 4am. Generally, um, somewhere between 4am and 730, uh, I I usually get on my own because my kids usually sleep that far, like sleep that late, at least the younger ones. And the older ones are self-sustaining so they can, get up and make breakfast and do that kind of stuff. And I can kind of do what I'm doing. So I get about three, three and a half hours of, of reading and
1: writing and stuff like that, which is good. And so what's the sleep look like? What time are you go into bed to sustain that? 4 a.m.? <laughs> hey? That's the one that's always bad. Cause you know, like you, you got
0: this plan to put your kids down at eight o'clock and you look up and you're like, shit, it's eight forty-seven. Like, what is the deal? Like, why does it take so long to read books? I don't understand. These are kids books, you know? So, like, I'll walk out of the kids' rooms, out of the baby's rooms, and I'm like, how is it almost 9 o'clock? And so I try to get in bed about 10 o'clock. Um, I'd say the closest we, – we do that probably once or twice, and then sometimes it's around 11, But I kind of made the decision a while back where uh, it doesn't really matter what time you go to bed. If you if you force yourself to get up at 4, 4.30, whatever, if you just do it, even if you go to bed late, uh, keep that uh, that normal, persistent, move to like progress that 4:30 is not that hard anymore at all whereas you know even a year ago that was like
1: daunting to think about mm. yeah look uh about 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. yeah so i was gonna say so 10 p.m is really kind of what you're aiming for and then you know you get them the 4 so that's really what six six and a half hours somewhere somewhere in that in that neighborhood yeah you know yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I I quoted him just the other
0: day, but Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger said, like, you know, sleep, everybody says sleep, sleep eight hours, but just sleep faster.
1: Yeah. I, <laughs> I actually listened to You him. know, I really I, I get that. He's uh he's been a massive influence in my life. I haven't talked about him much, but he um you know, I've been uh, into bodybuilding and um Yes, oh, cool. and that was. Ooh, I I got the Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Encyclopedia of Modern Modern Building. I got that for like my 15th birthday, 16th yeah. birthday. I still have it. Um, but I, like when I got it, I was like this is <laughs> this is a great moment for me. And I and I just I built my own gym. Like I had a I was lucky enough to, in my house to have my own downstairs area because I'm an only child. So my mom had the upstairs and I had the downstairs. And um, yeah, yeah, I had I had a bedroom and then we had this like kind of little loungy area which i just gutted and i bought i found two i don't even know where i got them from now but i like two crappy old benches and you know like all the weights i could find they're just those little like plastic crappy ones you have to put like 20 on each side in order to get enough weight on there. one of those kind of things like i just went i just went at it like i loved it and um and anyway so arnold has been a big influence in my life and and youtube has been great over the last you know now they've developed really their you know, things that pop up on your YouTube is, uh, if once you start searching for things regularly and it'll have like, you know, some more, more relevant stuff, the more stuff you search for. And yeah, I saw Ernie's like five rules of life or whatever of success or whatever the one he yeah. is, I think the one you're talking about. And I watched it probably, um, I don't know, a couple years ago, a few years ago. And he said the thing about that sleep. And like, for me, the sleep thing has been such a challenge. Cause like I, I've been my entire life, someone that like, I need my eight hours. If I don't get eight hours or at least seven and a half, I mean, even like seven, seven and a half, I'm, I'm a bit grumpy. Um, you know, like, right. I can get through the day (laughs) short, but like that first couple of hours, you don't want to know me kind of thing. My wife will absolutely (laughs) attest to that. (laughs) Um, but yeah, the sleep thing, I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. So I guess, um, what, it, what's your thoughts on that as far as, you know, cause I know yeah. you, you're trying to be kind of the best version of yourself and you're trying to be really healthy, right. all that kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, yet you've got this thing, which says like, universally outside of like drinking water and breathing air, everyone says, which is, seems to be quite true is, you know, you need to get that at least kind of seven hours, to nine hours, uh, at right. least seven hours, but somewhere between seven and nine at night in order to, you know, have all the repair happen in your body, you know, your physical repair and then your mental repair and, Need to get those four stages of sleep and your REM sleep and all those kinds of things. What are your thoughts on yeah. on on you know having the health side of things and still feeling good to you know be productive? At the same time, yeah. you need to kind of carve out some time, and so you're finding it's coming from you know just reducing the sleep a bit.
0: Yeah. No. I yeah. I I would say I carve out of my sleep because again, I'm I'm not one who wants to sacrifice. Like what I want to be able to do is no matter what, when I when the kids come down the stairs, especially the babies right now, I can like whatever I'm doing. The book can sit, the the phone can go down, and we just we just do whatever, right? Especially if I'm home and I'm not like I want to have my work done, that kind of stuff. So sleep will take the hit, in my opinion. But you're right. I mean, there's so many repair processes that happen when you're sleeping that you know you really have to I think it's something where um a while like when I was in college, I had a professor who actually said, schedule out your day, like write out everything you do, see where you can like peel time back and like hold time and do this and do that. See what you can do. He actually said that if you needed to, he said your body heats up and cools down during different times of the day too. So take your temperature every two hours. So we did this and you could see where he's like, if your body temperature is low and on the rise, you're likely to be more productive. So he's like, if that, if that happens between like one and 3am, get up and be productive at that time. So, I kind of subscribed to that. What I did during during that time was just kind of gauge how much sleep I needed cuz you know in college like like you said when you're single you've got nothing to do. You if you don't have to go to work and you want to sleep in, you sleep in. No one's jumping on your face or pulling on your chest hair like daddy, wake up, you know that kind of stuff. Um so so for me, I just kind of finagled with it. I think I was getting 9 and I got all the way down to I think I got all the way down to about 6 to where at one point right before my oldest son was born even after college and I was in Costa Rica I would go to bed at 9 p.m. and get up at 3 a.m. like really consistently knowing that um no like and I was I was out like a hummingbird I did pretty well then um and so I've always been where I thought yeah 6 hours pretty hits pretty well it's just the discipline of going to bed and I think that that's that's a major issue is the discipline of getting up is difficult. I honestly find it harder. The discipline of fall, of going to bed on time is the hardest for me, actually.
1: Yeah. Okay. Right. There's a um, uh, sleep some sleep doctor I, I listened to for a while ago on some podcast. I think it was like the Art of Charm or one of the one of those kind of podcasts. Anyways, yeah. um he was talking about um, there's four different types of uh, the chronotypes of sleep. I don't know if you've heard of this kind of thing. And he's saying like everyone's not meant to fit in the exact you know as which I think the more you listen to and read about health, it's like everyone's unique and everyone's different. So you can't just pigeonhole people. So he's got that for right. health, for, for health, for um, sleep, which says right. not everyone's meant to go, you know, generally say 10, 1030, you know, everyone asleep and then awake by 630. Well, that doesn't fit with a lot of people. And in fact, if you track them, um, they're actually more productive at different times of the day, night, whatever. So he's saying there's actually four different types and he calls them like, I forget all of them. I think one is a wolf, one's a bear, one's a dolphin because apparently dolphins sleep half awake like they are really? half their half their brain because i think they sleep in like a circle um and and their eye one of their eyes actually stays open half their brain stays awake so they can be alert for danger while the other half sleeps and that's that's the insomniacs who are never really asleep yeah. kind of yeah. thing um and then i don't know the other one so anyways um do you find yourself like obviously you've got your are you more of a night owl would you, would you feel because you're saying the hard part for you is getting to sleep because for me i'm good like if it's 10 o'clock <laughs> Nine I'm like, yep, I'm done. Thank you. I'm checking out. Yeah. I'm, I have no problem checking out. I'm like my wife, right. like, <laughs> I just cut. I'm like, it'll be in the middle of a movie. It'll be like an amazing scene I'm like, I'm out. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. You know, the, uh, the apocalypse is awesome. outside. Nope. I'm, I'm good. Thanks. I'll be in bed. Yeah. <laughs> so, How do you find that? Worth the worth the worth you? The- Where do you feel like that's at for you? I would say I used to be a night owl. Now I find that like, uh,
0: like I, I didn't, I, I would say if I had like work, work that I had to do, that was the easiest time to do it. Um, but if I wanted to like read and study, like to grow myself, like just waking up, I'll, I'll wake up and I'll have coffee. Like I said, I'll wake up at now. I would say you can become a morning person. I think, um, you just have to work at it. Uh, but I used to be a night owl. Um, but I'm the same way as you, man. Like seriously, my wife and I like, I might bash binge watching, but we will have an occasional binge watch. And, uh, her favorite show back in the day was friends. So we'll like binge watch friends on Netflix. It's so funny because she'll wake me up frustrated that I'm falling asleep watching this. I'm like, I've seen this episode like six times. I saw it when it aired, you know, that kind of stuff. But you know, so I, I it's hard for me to go to bed because I want to, I want to stay up cause that's when I hang out with my wife. Cause she's like, I'm not getting up at four o'clock. You're out of your mind. You know? Um, which she has every right to. She deals with the kids more than I do. So she's obviously tired. But, um, you know, I want to stay up with her. I kind of have a personal rule where I don't go to bed without her. So if she stays up, I don't care if I fall asleep on the couch. I'm
1: waiting till she goes to bed and then I'll I'll go to bed with her then. So, okay, that's, yeah, that's good. My wife's, probably we're probably you know in the similar boat on that side because my wife also like tends to stay up you know she'll she'll she's less diligent with her kind of sleep and all that like she'll if i if i don't be like hey you should probably come to bed now she'll stay up to <laughs> like midnight you know scrolling yeah. through her phone or watching a show or you know watching the next episode or of whatever on netflix kind of thing yeah. um but the funny thing is yeah the other way around is like i'm done like i'm out you, you know if you want to you know I'm not, I'm not sticking around. So, uh, I, I don't, you know, like I always have my at nighttime. I'm like, yep, it's eight 30. Okay. I've got about an hour to go or, you know, okay. It's 845. I got five yeah, minutes. Yeah. What, what can I do with the next 45 minutes? And then, okay, it's going to take 15 minutes yeah. to prepare my lunch for the next day or, or, you know, whatever. <laughs> so like I plan my stuff out, whereas my wife is just like, well, whatever it'll happen. You know, I'm like, no, that's, I can't do that. So. yeah that sounds very similar
0: it <laughs> sounds very familiar yeah absolutely <laughs> like i i figure out what i want to do and then i work backwards time-wise like mm. okay that'll take me 10 minutes that'll take me 15 or whatever okay so i've got to do x by this time and then usually if she's like but i just want to snuggle on the couch like i'm like all right well fuck it it's all getting imploded anyways you mm-hmm. know
1: <laughs> it's funny um so yeah. tell me a bit you say you work from home tell me a bit about your career uh what are you what are you doing for for work am yeah. i going through a bit of that
0: yeah so i actually i have a, a couple of businesses i run um one of them i do like we do land sales which is basically uh we're a development company where we we buy property where a developer already kind of like he failed and we buy it out of foreclosure so we get it way cheap and then we're able to develop it for less and sell it for less, but everybody wins. Honestly, and unfortunately, except for the guy who does, who originally was the developer. Um, We specifically focus on secondary homeland. So that would be like lakes, um, lakes. I would say like lakes, mountains, beaches, that kind of stuff. That's where we focus. So more so you're buying from me. You're usually buying your second home, um, your second home site. I'm not really usually selling the land. I'm not usually selling the, the house itself. Um, And then I, uh, my wife and I brand ambassadors for a wellness company that has actually come on the heels of my real major start to health journey. Um, But just, you know, we work with part of a wellness company that I got into from just realizing, wow, everything that I'm reading with this, everything that I'm listening to with this fits what we're talking about in this company. I'm all about that. So we're doing that. And then this one's kind of quirky, but uh, I used to do roofing. And uh, one guy suggested that, like, obviously during the downtime of the winter, uh, somebody suggested Christmas lights. Well, I took it and ran with it, and I I, I have a Christmas light hanging business, if you can believe that, that uh, we turned. Uh, I, I started out small. I've never tried to do anything. I, I posted one time on Facebook this year. I went from eight customers to 21 And I had to bring somebody on to help me with it because I was like, I'm never going to get all this done, which has been one of those fun, quirky deals. Um, So lots of different things. I guess iron's in the fire that way.
1: Absolutely. Well, you know, the the Christmas one is near and dear to my heart. Like, we love Christmas. Um, I mean, me being American, but I live in Australia now. But, you know, here it's very different because it's summertime here. So you can put up Christmas lights, but the sun doesn't go down until 930. So it's like, what's it's (laughs) it's really weird. You know what I mean? Like, so there's almost no point in doing it. Um, yeah, so, yeah. You'd be out of work here. There'd be no chance. So don't, <laughs> don't don't try and open a franchise. July at that point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah a, I mean, I would love it.
0: It's funny. It plays a, a hard role for what I do because when you get in and you start hanging, the, the sun goes down at like four thirty here. So you're like you're racing against the clock from the moment you get up because you, you got to have those lights up. And it, I mean, people aren't even home from work and the sun's already down. You know. I mean, I know you know that. But
1: yeah absolutely. no it is uh so yeah i mean when you say that i think oh man that sounds like fun you know what i mean like (laughs) although it'd be cold and you know you're racing against and it's still job and all that but like there's just something about if it's seasonal it's just for christmas you know i don't know something sounds pretty cool about that
0: yeah it's fun i've I've really
1: enjoyed it you must have a wicked display at your
0: house then surely it's funny i'm i'm all classic so i like just the white line it's not clark griswold style at my house like it's just clean lines I'm anal about making sure they're all straight. If I get down and I look and one light is off, I go back up and fix it. But like, uh, it's all clean. But yeah, I've got uh, I've got a few trees in the front that I do. And um, and then all the gutters. And I wrap the I wrap the columns and stuff like that. We've got some wreaths. So I've added every year as I go, just because I'm like, ooh, we should do this. Ooh, we should do that. So now I'm becoming total. I used to be a Scrooge for some reason too. And now I'm like total Father Christmas. I'm like, I can't wait. It's October. Let's put the lights up, you know? <laughs> Uh, you're one of those yeah i don't do it i don't do it
1: but you know i i want to (laughs) no i share the sentiment it's great um well then tell me uh you hinted at your kind of how you got started in your health journey can you want to talk a bit about that and how you got into your passion about health
0: yeah so um i let's see last january okay so i i didn't start actually working out you said you got into stuff when you were 15 uh, my senior year was the first time I ever hit the weight room ever. I played soccer and when we were growing up, they didn't really push like lifting heavy for that kind of stuff. So we did a lot of running, but my senior year, I got into work like working out in the gym and I loved it. So when I got into college, it was just kind of like playing around stuff like that. You know, you can eat donuts and cupcakes and dumb shit and still be ripped up if you want, you know, that kind of thing. So I had that high metabolism, but, not this not this past january but january 2017 i looked in the mirror and was like what the hell have i done to myself like i could see i was like bloated out now i've never been over 200 pounds and i was sitting right at like that 200 pound mark and but it was all stomach like where i gain it or where i hold it is like i look like i'm wearing a quarterback pad kind of thing around my waist um so i was looking so i took a picture of myself i was like i can't believe this so I actually did a detox where I did um, no meat no uh, no sugar, no salt, no caffeine like no fun basically it was like anything fun you didn't you weren't allowed to eat that um, and uh, it was 20, 26 days long and I went I lost twenty one pounds and that was amazing to me because by the end of it I felt really good but while I did that, I researched the hell out of just food and what we're putting in our bodies and you know the natural state of our like even like how we how we raise crops now and how the soil is being so depleted that the food you're eating isn't enough for you to actually be sustained how most people eat so much processed food that we're really just trying to slake the hunger in our stomach as opposed to actually feeding our bodies the nutrients we need and I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" That's where the health part of it came from, you know. And I thought to myself, "I'm the kind of guy where the moment I learn something, I'm like, people got to know this. Like, people need to know this stuff. Like, you know, I say Chick Fil A is like, if the apocalypse is happening, everybody in the South is going to Chick Fil A first, right? Like, like even there, I'm going, this is awful. What are we putting in our bodies? Like, you know, where's where's the meat come from? Like, all of that stuff too." And, and that kind of got me into the, the plant-based, like a lot of my research took me there was to go plant-based for that reason. I mean, when you watch certain videos, my wife actually just told me about a video she watched on Facebook. She's like, it's going to make you mad. It was like, you know, they was showing pictures of these guys. They're like cutting up the, it's a pork. It was, it was a pork place. And I was like, a, I was like, I used to say that was a meatitarian. Like that's how much I loved it. I was like, I'll, I'll eat bacon on top of bacon, dipped in bacon, you know, that's. And, you know, more power to you if that's where you are. But, like, these guys are cutting cancer junk out of these animals and still, like, processing the rest of the meat. And I'm like, uh, some, that's not okay. You know, like, just the way we treat the animal, the way that the process is, just freaked me out. So um, I was like, yeah, I'll take a step back from that. And I finished that, I finished that detox after 26 days. So it was, like, just mid-February. And I was feeling great, and I just wanted to keep going. So... I found myself not wanting to eat meat mostly. And then I'm like, all right, so everybody's question is always, well, where do you get your protein? So I started researching all that and trying to figure that stuff and learn where to get it and what to do to have the most nutrients I could possibly get into me. And then it became like a I want to, I wanna what I actually one of my goals, and I should have brought my packet out, but one of my goals is that like I might be an herbivore but I can outwork anybody in the gym. Like that's my goal is to be able to like for the carnivore haters is what I call them for the carnivore haters that want to make fun of me or pick on me, which it happened. People are like, Oh, Nate, you know, he doesn't eat meat. Like he's kind of a girl or whatever. Um, I'm like, yeah, but I can, I can outwork you anywhere. So that's all I want to do is really be able to show that not only can you eat plant-based and be healthy and take care of the plant, all these things, but you can actually get, you can get ripped. You can, you can be. You can do a lot even even though that's not the assumption if you're not eating meat.
1: Yeah, no, that's uh, I mean it's interesting yeah, interesting journey there. Mm. Yeah. Um it's been,
0: it's been cool. I mean like I don't even Go ahead, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, um, it's just interesting that really only just started it kind of last year, but you seem to be someone that kind of grabbed, like once you get something, you kind of grab hold of it, you know, and you just absolutely <laughs> run with it 100%. And, uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's yeah I go all in pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> yeah. So that's great. Um, and how did you find your transition out of kind of me? Because I know, you know, it's a, it's, it's a really interesting thing. Like you can... Um, If you're in many Facebook groups, uh, you know, some of those bombs you can drop and just watch comments explode and anger (laughs) and all this kind of stuff is, you know, saying that you're a vegan or saying that you're, you know, that everyone is supposed to be a vegan or that everyone is supposed to be, you know, carnivore. Or something like right. that. you just say something like that and don't have any <laughs> context around it and just drop it in a big group, man. People will go nuts on you. Like it's yeah, it's like yeah, war, yeah. it's like waging warfare doing that. So. Yeah, it's yeah. totally
0: true. But you know, I was in a vegan group because I'm like, okay, I'll get ideas for recipes. I'm like, I want to know how to because I want to cook my stuff. Like I've I've got an eighty square foot garden in the backyard, and I'm like, I want to know where all my stuff, all my food comes from as much as I can, that kind of stuff. So I joined this vegan group. It was like for new vegans, and they were talking about like vegan cheese and. All this vegan processed stuff, and I was like, so I, I posted and I said, "Hey, isn't that just as bad for your health as like the real stuff?" You'd have thought I said, "Like, let's skin a lamb and wear the wool around, like, like let's run around with this bloody carcass hung over." Because they, they like, they were like, "We're vegans because we care about the animals." Like, it's not about health. Like one guy literally said, "It's not about health." And then I looked at his Facebook picture, and he was huge. And I'm like, "Well, yeah, but you're not like the the voice of." of healthy vegans. You know what I mean? Like you're kind of the voice of processed food vegans. I get that, but it was funny. You just thought I was,
1: I was, I was speaking blasphemy for sure. Well, you're lucky that you're in a group of vegans. Otherwise I might've eaten you. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. It's interesting. It is interesting. Cause there, there are two different things like, which, you know, I can, res- I, I respect that. And, um, a group that I was in and I forget what it was called. Um, but it was something about like, it was, it was the, like, no oil, no, you know, anything kind of group. Oh, yeah. And, and um, the founder had recently, I mean, it's really unfortunate, he had died. And, you know, people had recently been posting. Because I was like, you know, when you get in a new group, you're kind of scrolling through trying to, like, what's this sure. group all about? I'm trying to understand. Yeah. People had been posting about this guy. And I'm like, who's this guy clicked on? Oh, he was the founder of this group who had, like, 30,000 people in it. And it was all oh, wow. about, you know, you know yeah no no animal product whatsoever, like, hardcore right. kind of stuff. No oil, sure. you know, all that kind of and um, but then I looked at a picture of him and he was like, not a picture of health. Like I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be disrespectful because the man's passed away. Sure. It's, it's, sure. that's, that's terrible, but he was not a picture of health and you know, it makes, and then I think he died from, you know, like health complications kind of thing. That's right. Like, like I get the idea of, it, it's just, I agree the same thing. Cause if you go down health food aisles now, um, interestingly, I don't buy almost anything down those aisles. Cause most of it's just more packaged shit that you're buying. Yep. It's like, guys i understand you know of course yes you can eat it's it's like a better version but it's still in a freaking box or a package like (laughs) what do you think that's what do you think that is you know what i mean yeah um it's really it's really challenging because i think it says the health food all but you go down and you're like this isn't you know just take me to the fruit and just take me to the fruit and veg like sure you want to like an odd bit and piece thing random thing like of course go for it but like Uh, is that really the health aisle or are we just rebranding these things now like calling it exactly exactly and that's
0: that's huge exactly like i i actually i think i did a facebook live uh at one point with my boys and i I ran around the outside of the like i was shopping and i said look all you got to do is go around the outside of the uh, outside of the grocery store like the rest of it is just a maze to get you to buy stuff that's horrible for you, you know, because like, yeah, I, I find that like our culture, like for me, our culture is not attuned to a, a vegetable based, based lifestyle, like a plant based lifestyle. So you go anywhere, like for the land business, like we'll literally go over a weekend. Well, here Nate comes with a cooler for the whole entire weekend because I know whatever we're out eating, I can't, I'm, I'm not going to want to eat, you know, it's just, and I'm to the point now where I don't crave meat. I don't, I don't want it. In fact, it, like there's sometimes I'm just like, if I think about it long enough, I'm like, oh, I just, I'll, I'll get grossed out. That, and the first thing that people say to me when, uh, when they're asking me about health questions, though, is, you know, I don't want to give up meat. I'm not going to tell you to give up meat. Like, you know, th- I got plenty of friends that are shredded to bits that they eat chicken and broccoli and rice. You know, I just, it's to each their own. I mean, you can have a health journey and, and still eat meat. Um, I just find that mine feels a lot better. I I feel like I feel better eating plants than, you know, than eating animals. But yeah, no, you're right. The, the whole idea of processed vegan food that just blows my mind. Like what, that just feels like uh, an oxymoron. Like if, if I'm going to try and be healthy, I don't want, like when I turn the label every time my wife will literally hand me stuff and be like, what's in that? And I start reading it. I'm like, look, if I can't pronounce three of these words, I'm not buying it, you know? And, and usually if it has more than. Four or five ingredients I'm checking out like I'm done, I'm not gonna buy it either, because, mm-hmm. like you said, I'll just grab some fruit and veggies like I'm a big fan of um it's probably bad because as a as a vegan or I'm, i I don't say vegan I say plant based because vegans like don't want to wear leather belts and don't want to wear that kind of stuff hey buddy you see there's there's number three I don't know if you can see him or not yeah, hey, hey, that's Finley he's coming up, say hi, um <laughs> you know like I, I i don't uh i don't know i i just i, I I figure I might, I can eat almost whatever I want. Like I've, I've kind of subscribed to a couple of guys that are vegan bodybuilders and both of the guys that I've been talking that I've been watching, they're like, yeah, I don't, I don't count calories. I don't count macros. I just eat. And when I'm full, I stop. And then when I'm hungry, I eat again, like that kind of stuff. But they're eating like tons of spinach and tons of like, and your quinoa and stuff like that. So for me, I'll grab three handfuls of, no. of pistachios no. you know no. most people say like oh well a serving's a quarter of a cup yeah well I'm gonna I'm gonna eat the shit out of a quarter of a cup in five seconds like that's one handful for me but at the same time I'm also not eating a lot of like where a lot of your higher calorie stuff like in meat I'm not eating the fats from meat or meat so I'm getting my fats from somewhere else mm-hmm. so avocado is a major staple in my life I mean I freaking love those things so I'll eat, I I mean I've tried to be somewhat careful with those but I, I mean I could eat I could eat those at every meal no questions asked. You know, so.
1: No, it's good for you. Um, yeah, have you heard I I recently um so interestingly there's another part of the argument which um, cuz I'm not vegan myself I've tried it for a while and the problem was I was finding myself getting into too many Package things to eat, and I was like, "This isn't, this isn't right." Yep. So I'm, yep. I'm dropping that for a bit. Yeah. Um. Yep. And but the funny thing is, my daughter has um. She she like keeps trying to be vegetarian and vegan because she yep. know. I my wife I don't know how you guys go with this. Um. But my wife and I have very different views on um how we mm-hmm. let our kids know about things. Like I just I want them to know the real truth. So like, sure. you know. By the way, the chicken you're eating, someone like sliced its neck and it bled out. <laughs> You know what I mean? It it lived in a, you know, like we, we buy, we try and buy free free range and everything. So we don't buy like like really crappy treated stuff, but you know, like its whole purpose was to get as fat as possible. And someone took it, you know, turned it upside down, sliced his neck and then let it bleed out and then plucked all its feathers off. And then whatever. (laughs) And my wife is like, no, 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 no. Like (laughs) having this, they don't need to know about this. And it's like, I disagree, like if you're gonna eat it, you need to know where it comes from. You know what I yep. mean? So yep. uh, yep. anyway, so <laughs> I, I think that got in her mind, I know it has, um, which I think is good. And then she's like, oh, <laughs> I don't wanna kill animals. And you know, right? you know. Yeah, well,
0: it's interesting. Like that's actually something, I was watching one documentary and the guy grabbed a duck, he walks out and he just packed its head off. I literally like, I jumped like, what just happened? You know, like, what are we doing? And I thought about, that was exactly what I thought about. I'm like, you know what? If I, if I didn't want to kill it, I've never hunted before. If I don't kill it, I'm not going to eat it. And I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? Like if, if I'm not going to, I'm not going to fish, whatever, and I'm not going to cut it open and bleed it out. I'm not going to eat it. You know? And if there are plenty of guys, I actually have a friend who he hunts and he's like, yeah, that's like the best part. you like, you know, cut it open. And like, that's like, there's this. I don't know. There's this thing about that. Yeah. That just doesn't interest me. You know, like uh, I'm down, I'm down with not doing that. And so I'm not going to make somebody else do it for me just so I can eat. I'll just, uh, I'll just not eat it. You know, that kind of thing.
1: And again, it just comes back to personal choice. You know, it's like, that's, you know, some people love that. Like, um, I've, I've, I've never grown up with that, even though I come from Iowa originally, where there's a lot of hunting that goes yeah. over there. Like, it's just never been my thing. I've never been comfortable with guns myself. And it's not to say, you know, sure. I can't do it. It's just like, for me, that's just not a thing I want to do. Uh, I'm not comfortable with that. Now, I think I could actually, um, you know, with the, with the killing of animals now, like, I think I could do that. You know, if it was like, this is part of your life, that you lived on a farm, like both my parents yeah. were grew up on farms they their parents grew up on farm, you know generations back so i'm like the yeah. first generation who didn't grow up on a farm but i've seen it enough that i'm like yeah i could do it but the, definitely not um you know my wife would never you know if it was one of those like she had to you know oh. kill her kill her own um or go without she would 100 percent go without she'd be vegan in like a second you yeah. know what i mean uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um well
0: and i actually i'll send it to you uh i saw a guy he did a great he had a great uh speech or whatever you want to call it talk about like how we culturally are taught like you eat this animal you don't eat this animal you know like we have a dog and a cat in the house like i was in peru at one point and they asked me and this is when I was when i i was eating meat at the point at that point they said do you want kui And I said, well, what is that? And they said, well, the mountain, the people in the mountains here, uh, they grow, uh, Guinea pigs, uh, and they get really big and they, they literally let them run around the house. And when it's dinner time, they just grab a couple and they cut them up and that's what they eat. And they had it. And I was like, well, I'm, you know, when in Peru do is the Peruvians, I guess. So I ate it. It was greasy and weird. But the thing is their culture there, like we say Guinea pigs, are you kidding me? You can't eat a Guinea pig. Uh, you know, but culturally like that's, that's the difference. You know, when you set up a, we're setting our kids up to say you eat cow because that's a, that's beef or you eat chicken. Um, um, you know, but you don't eat dog or you don't eat cat and you don't, you know, some people eat rabbit, whatever, you know, like we, we have to teach them to do that. Otherwise, you know, you might want to have a pig as a pet and eat a fox. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like that's like, I just look at that as like, we're trained as to what is, what should be killed for food and what shouldn't. And uh, when we go other places and they're something totally different, we're horrified, you know? Mm.
1: So the other part of the argument, which I only recently um, came to, was really interesting, is uh, you might want to check this out. I don't know if you've seen this guy named Dr. Milton Mills. Have you heard of this dude? Um, His name sounds familiar. He um, has a free, obviously, YouTube, just YouTube him. Um, He's got a talk on there, which is just the most fascinating thing I've seen on the argument of vegan. Are we meant to be herbivores or omnivores or carnivores? Right. And he doesn't go into the ethical, um, you know, we shouldn't kill animals thing. His 100% is physiology uh, and like the enemy of your body, uh, of the human bodies. And he talks about, you know, how our teeth are not designed for ripping flesh, how our stomach, how our, um, you know, our, our, like things like our um, throats don't expand open. Um, to allow for like bones and bigger pieces of meat and all those kinds of things like carnivores do. Um, You know, how our stomachs themselves are more of a pH, well, not pH neutral, but I think they're like four or five pH, whereas a carnivore's stomach is like one. It can like like freaking battery acid. It can just burn through (laughs) freaking anything, right? Because it has to, because it's just swallowing, you know, whatever. And because meat, you're meant to eat, like, it doesn't stick around for a while. Like, once you kill something, it starts rotting. And so they've got to ingest as much of it as they can. And they might not eat again for another week. Right. um, And it has to last them. And they can do that. So they can eat, like, 15,000 calories or something, you know, equivalent. Yeah. And be good for the next week. Whereas we can't do that, like, you know without something really extreme liquid diet or something like <laughs> we're not designed to do that at all. So he goes through all these and how like, you know, you're meant to have, you have sharp claws and all these to tear yeah. flesh and right. um, even stuff like running. If you're meant to um, sprint really fast, but for short periods of time and then cause you, then you can catch the prey right. you know, and, and kill it. Whereas like we can run sustainably for long periods of times, you know, as humans, we right. can we can't run at like fifty miles an hour or something. You know what I mean? Can't <laughs> catch up with these things. So he goes through yeah. this entire thing about this. It's it is really um, fascinating stuff. So it's it's less of the you know I like meat or you know I like veggies or you know I, I think we shouldn't kill you know animals or I think we should. It's more like you no. Know, what are we designed to? And what's right. what's the world look like as well? For here's what a carnivore looks like. Here's what an omnivore looks like. Here's what an herbivore looks like. Which one right. do we, which one do we match, you know, because right. that. So that is really interesting. Um, that, is, that is interesting. I did hear, I, what was his name again? Uh, Milton Mills. I'm sure that's his name. I'm, I'm, I've only watched it once, but I was like, I've got to remember this guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I think I have heard of him because the one thing I remember was somebody saying what
0: you were talking about was like their, their digestive tract, like ours is huge. Like we have a lot, a long time for stuff to go through our, our intestines. And the carnivores' intestines are like three feet long, or some crazy number that I was like, "What?" Mm. You know? And I'm like, "All right, well, that makes sense." All that stuff just comes back to. I mean, for me, our culture is what it is, and so you deal with what's what you've been taught, what's preference. I got a friend who he grew up on a farm, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't want to eat meat." You know? He's like, "He." I mean, he's like, "There's a natural desire, a natural understanding that that's the way things are." He's like, "But I." He's like, "I don't really want to do that." So I just, I just don't. You know? <laughs> um, for me, I look at it as like. Once you realize something, and this is the way I try to train my kids this way, is that once you realize something for yourself, you got to act on that. Otherwise, you're going to go against your own feelings. And I think that that's when it starts to tear at you. I think that that could do, like, maybe this is, maybe I'm crazy, but I feel like that does more like internal damage. Like, oh, I shouldn't eat meat. But then you keep eating meat. You know, like, I feel like that can be unhealthy for you. Like, make the change. If it works, cool. If you feel like, you could go back and it not be that big deal then go back but for me I'm like yeah I'm just not I'm not interested guys are like you don't even think about bacon I'm like it's funny because I used to love bacon but I don't care about bacon at all you know
1: yeah we can adapt we can adapt to pretty much anything I think you know based on okay. that we're very adaptable creatures I think so exactly good um so what's your uh, so you obviously work out as well my friend so what's your yeah. workout what's your regimen look like what do you do
0: yeah, so I do. I do CrossFit. Actually, is what I've been, what I've gotten into, and that's actually because I used to train to fight, and so I have the uh, like the those high intensity workouts. I'm I'm a big fan, major proponent of high intensity workout training or high intensity uh, training, interval training, just because I like I definitely agree with the idea that it's uh, it's your best for burning fat, you know, for a longer sustained period of time, like even after the workout, like the afterburn. I I totally I, I get that. Like I, I just like the workouts that way, but they incorporate things like, um, Oh, uh, what do we got? Uh, they incorporate like gymnastics. I've never done that before. So there's a lot of other things that you, that you deal with that I'm learning like a muscle up that looks really easy when you watch a guy do it on, on, you know, Facebook. It's like I look like, I look like a, a, a newly born fawn trying to walk, you know, like that's what I'm like flopping around. Cause I don't know what I'm doing. So it's, seeing normal like seeing everyday improvement while i'm there I, that's what i love
1: that's fantastic so, so how often do you so go i'm doing a lot
0: uh i go i go every day like five days a week um i um at some point during the day it's kind of all over the place um that's my my regiment. i actually have like the coaches there i've been like all right so here's what i want like i want to be nine percent body fat so do i need to do like the accessory workouts should i be doing extra stuff you know talking with uh, with the coaches, and he's like, you know, he's he's pretty shredded up, I think, and he's like, you know, I just do the workouts, and sometimes I scale them. He's like, you know, if you want to be able to do CrossFit over the long haul, especially because, you know, joint movements and stuff like that are – it's hard on your joints. You need to – you kind of want to just do the, the workout itself. But um, I've I've actually decided that this next two months on my, my work to get to 9%, um, I'm going to probably try and do a little bit more – like heavy lifting in like do CrossFit and then do some heavy stuff so I can find maxes and, and really start
1: pushing the limits on how much I can, how much weight I can move. Fantastic. So obviously enjoying that. Yeah. yeah. And you're competing for that at all.
0: Yeah. So uh, they just finished uh, the CrossFit open, which is basically anyone who does CrossFit anywhere across the world can join. And then they put out a new workout every Friday for five weeks. And it's literally the funnel that starts the crossFit games, so you could be nobody and be really fit and go all the way to the crossFit games from that from that point. so first year ever doing crossFit ever and I joined and I think in my age division, which we're, we're considered masters miles I mean that's, that's ridiculous so, you that was like, I mean, I'm, I'm like, like when
1: I think of masters <laughs> I, yeah I think of like old people playing yeah. golf
0: That's exactly what I thought of <laughs> Oh. Shit.
1: Um, that's exactly what I think
0: of. So it's like one of those things where I'm like, I am not masters. Like i that's like, that's way past my age group, but, um, in the master's division in my region, I think I was in the 50th percentile or something like that. It was, I mean, I feel weak when I see that I'm like, man, I should be way higher than that, but you know, it's just a goal for the next goal for the next, next year to come back in and hit it hard and see how, how well I can do.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's good to have, yeah, it's good to have that focus. I think, you know, if, if nothing else, I mean, CrossFit's good in a number of areas. Uh, it's good for a lot of people, but, um, I think one of the great things is that you have that competition factor in there for those who, you know, if you played sport or whatever, if you're competitive in your younger days and then you have kids and then suddenly you hit the paid, the period of life and it's like, well, I can't really go to anything anymore. It's got to just kind of stay with, you know, whatever I can fit in. And then you get into the period of life, it's like, well, now I can actually compete again and see how good I am against other people. So that, that's good that you're competing. You know, it just gives you some, something to focus on, I think.
0: Yeah. I, like I dig the comp- competition side of it. I mean, the, uh, there's a couple guys in the gym. I mean, I, I I'm strong enough that I can compete in some things with the, what they call RX version of stuff. And, um, and so, uh, there's a couple guys in there. One guy specifically, just kind of like friendly competition which made that a lot more fun too he'd come in i mean the dude's got an engine like nobody else he can just keep going so he, he'd he come in and he'd watch and he'd be like a beach about like 10 seconds and i'm like
1: Gah! you know so yeah keeps it going keeps keeps it focused good stuff yeah. you know yeah right well that's good i think that wraps up most of uh want to get out from the conversation today i really appreciate your time on that um is there I'm interested to hear if there's anyone you're following right now, like on socials or anything else that you're like, you know, interested in, want to talk about anything weird and wonderful that you're involved in at the moment, just random, random Let's, things that you're yeah. interested in.
0: I am following. It's funny. Like I do a lot of, I listen to a lot of motivational guys. Um, so I've got, uh, like Tony Robbins is a beast. Like, it's funny. Cause I, the only time I ever think of Tony Robbins before I started listening to motivational stuff and like personal development was um, the only reference I had was from Tommy boy where he said, uh, like, where he's like, Hey, look, everybody's Tony Robbins. That's the only reference I have. And then shallow how right. But then I meet like, I, I start to watch him and I'm like, this guy's a beast. Like he's so good. I read his book, um, awakening the giant within and like tried some of the stuff that he talks about I'm like, this guy is legit. Like he knows what's up. And it, you know, just like associating certain things and changing your state, amazing stuff that gives you power that you don't like, you know, you don't assume like, I never assumed that mentally that was the thing. And, and like when it happens, you don't realize it's happening. And so when he draws that out of you and like helps you see how to make that happen and make yourself be in a positive state or in a strong state, it's amazing. So Tony Robbins is amazing. Um, Les Brown, uh, E.T. Like I dig that dude. He's fun. Um, he's really good. Um, those are those are a lot of the guys that I'm like listening to and like all that kind of stuff. I've been uh, I've been going over uh, like Bob Proctor does a lot of stuff with uh, Law of Attraction and um, Think and Grow Rich. Obviously, he didn't write that book, but he was
1: a major proponent for it. Um, so those are definitely
0: guys that I follow for sure.
1: That's fantastic. Yeah, Tony Robbins came into my life about. 10 years ago, oh God, maybe even slightly more than that. I had some random, um, I used to be a personal trainer, and I still am a personal trainer, but I used to run my own business doing that. And I had a client yeah. and she was like, hey, have you ever heard of this guy? And, and it was Tony Robbins and I was like, uh, no. And so she, you know, and this was like back, you know, this is before I, maybe YouTube might have just been launched. So there was definitely, you couldn't just go YouTube him, and, you know, now sure. you just like you can see all kinds of stuff on him. But then it was like, you know, it was like a little flash drive USB thing. She'd plug into my old laptop and you know, thick, like four inch laptop and then, you know, plug that thing in and then like I downloaded it and, you know, listen to it. I'm like, wow. And then that was listening to, um, like get the edge or personal power. I yeah. think it was personal power. Personal power. Um, and it's like a 30 day program, that one, like I did that one and I sat down and, um, it was, it was, uh, yeah, I reckon it was probably 12 years ago. It was incredible. Like it was, you know, who is this guy, you know? And, it, and even at that point, not even at that point, like, the personal power was recorded, I think, when he was like thirty something, like thirty-four or something. Yeah. Um, and by that point, he already had like a seventeen-year career. At that point, you know, of being in it, like he's just—he's just one of those people that was just absolutely destined to do it. But what is I find challenge? What I find challenging is I can lump him into, oh, you know, that's just someone who's gifted and born with it, and that's how it is. But man, that guy works every day. Oh. You know, fifteen hours a day. He's one of those. I think he sleeps four hours a night as well right. kind of thing and has for years and years and years and years and decades yeah. kind of thing. But he's just so passionate and so driven for what he does. It's just, it, it's quite infectious. Um, but he also knows what the hell he's talking about to like the nth right. degree. So he can see straight through your bullshit and just <laughs> hit right, take the vein. As he says, he takes the vein straight through to the heart kind of thing and just hits you right in it. Um, yeah. He sees yeah. straight through your smoke and mirrors, even if you're not trying to do smoke and mirror stuff, like he just, you know you're just trying to speak and talk about whatever's going on and he can be like no that's not it boom here let's get into yeah. it you know what i mean yeah. um have you seen the i'm not your guru he's blown up i since have then. yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah that was an interesting like i love that like uh actually the little the tub he got into like where he just drops down into that ice tub yeah like yeah. i know i posted on uh on healthy driven dads the other day about like taking a like shout shower, like <laughs> <cool> <laughs> yeah. showers yeah. And I was like, what the hell? You know, like he dropped in, and he's under there for a while. I was like, yeah. but now that he, now that I've seen that and I've been doing some of that stuff, I'm like, yeah, I'd try that. I heard it Like, uh, there's like uh, the Japanese style, like bath is like a really, really hot. You, you basically get out of that and you jump into like ice cold and it's like shocks the system or whatever. And I'm like, that's cool. Uh, but then exactly. And I, I, I that kind of went off track, but like yeah it's amazing to watch him like I want to go see him do like do that I want to go to one of his seminars you know I we always talk like I always reference stuff about him that I had no idea like the walking over hot coals thing like I didn't know that was a that it was a Tony Robbins thing and I'm like but I love the concept of like the fire walking that and and, like yeah the firewalk yeah conquering the the fear and and realizing like when you get to the other side like it's like I did that. Like, Holy cow. I can do a lot of, I can do a lot of cool shit if I can do that, you know? And I think that, um, you know, that's, I love that about being able, the human mind is amazing. You know, the mind is so much more powerful than the, than you, than you give it credit for. And your body can do so much more because your mind is so strong than you ever really allow yourself to do. You know what I mean? Like I, I like, this is dumb stuff, but in the weight room, two plates on either side, 225 pounds has always been daunting to me. Right. And then one day I just got in there. I was like, this is light. And I stood there for forever. And I like visualized it in my head. And I was like, this weight is light. This weight is light. This weight is light. And I mean, I'm talking about squats. I'm I'm not even talking about doing it like bench press, you know, like I'm still working on that. I'm weak upper body, but, um, but like I was underneath it and I was like, this is, light, this is light. And I stood up and it felt light. And the first time I ever did two twenty five, I like dropped down and went right back up and was like, how did I just do that? That's always felt so heavy. You know, it's just amazing what you can do with your mind to make your body do something. You know, I love that. And that's like a Tony Robbins special.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No doubt about it. He, um, you know, that you say that this weight is light thing? It, uh, do you know who Ronnie Coleman in? He's a, he's a bodybuilder of, uh, yes, 15, fifteen years ago, he's massive, um, dude. He won Mister Olympia like seven times or six times. I don't know how many. Yes. Uh, anyways, I've got a. He, he's got a video, you know, that I watched probably yeah fifteen years ago when I was into bodybuilding. And he would he gets up at like three in the morning, trains because he's a cop as well. So he gets up super early. Anyways, he'd be in the gym by himself in this huge gym, and he'd be sitting there going light way, light way You know, he just <laughs> and, it, and it's and it's hilarious because he's got this kind of you know testosterone, too much too much steroids, I mean, you know, high pitched right. Mike Tyson kind of voice. And there's no one in the entire gym and he's just yelling out to himself, lightweight, but he can push some ridiculous weights. And you know it's just like that right. it's his mental trigger. Although it looks weird, it's his mental trigger to be like, you know, you can tell. It's like how he gets in his mindset of like I can I can lift this weight. There's no problem. I can lift a heavier weight. No problem. Oh yeah. Yeah, same kind yep. of dude, So amazing. Yeah, All right. I've, well I've- I'll let you go. Thanks very much for your time. I do appreciate you coming on and um, interviewing today. I've covered, I think, a lot of ground. So I feel like we could just keep talking for hours and hours about this stuff. But uh, we'll have to do a part two another time. Oh.
0: Maybe. <laughs> that sounds good, man. Thanks for having me, man. It has been yeah. fun. That's this week's episode of the Be There Dad Show. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thank you for listening.